Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Thank you for joining me today, man. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys. And uh, on my way to, it's bright and early, 4.30, on my way to Logan International. I didn't think about this, man. I'm heading down to Florida to see a friend, and uh, I'm going into Boston on St. Paddy's Day. And uh, from what I've heard, they these, these animals start drinking at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I was just thinking about, like, dude, like, the entire city is going to be hung over tomorrow. I can't even imagine. Dude, it's going to be wild. I would never set foot anywhere near that type of environment. I get, I just get anxious thinking about it. But today, uh, for the first time ever, uh, well, I guess I did one with Geneva once, but uh, I have a guest today. So with me... Um, for those of you that may or may not know him, uh, Brent Henderson is, is was kind enough to bring me to Boston today for my flight and pick me up on Sunday. And uh, so Brent, I met probably, oh, I don't know, three years ago? Three years yes, ago? Yes, three years ago. Three, three years ago. Um, he, when I was working for the insurance company, uh, he, my assistant actually said, uh, hey, I might know Rachel, my executive assistant. She's like, hey, I might know somebody that's pretty good at this. And you know, I sat down with Brent. I think it was over uh, Zoom initially for a virtual interview. Yeah, it was COVID time. So it, it must was. have, yeah. yeah yep. It was uh, June, June 2020. Yeah. So coming up on three years, so two and a half years. And, uh, you know, interviewed him and uh, you know, thought there could be some compatibility and brought him on board. I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, you know, Brent, when I, when I interviewed Brent, bro couldn't finish a sentence. I, I was like, dude, I don't know if this guy's got the, the verbal communication skills to rock this. And uh, fast forward, just even a year from then, you know, Brent ended up being one of the top producers in the agency at that time. He ended up being one of the top managers in the agency at that time. Uh, he went from, you know, basically, and he'll talk about this more, but he went from halfway houses and, and rehab and all this other crazy stuff to, did you go to rehab? Yes, I went to rehab Yeah, for the 14th time. 14th time, that's right. Yeah. Did you, I should have, how many times did you go to rehab would have been a better question. But anyways, from halfway houses to rehab, um, you know, fast forward now, he's got like a, what, like an 800 credit score. He's got better credit than me. He's got, uh, he's, we're in his brand new BMW right now. He's got close to six figures saved up and invested. Uh, you know, he's a six-figure income earner probably every single year that he's been in the business, man. And, uh, you know, more, more than anything, he's just a super special person. You know, um, the money and the, the material success is great, but, uh, you know, he's got a great girlfriend in Hannah who has a, a little girl, and I see him being just an awesome, you know, call what it is, father figure to this young lady. He's very involved uh, in his community. He's always looking for ways to donate and help people. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's, you know, an active member of the church, uh, goes to meetings, his uh, NA meetings, you know, religiously. Um, you know, Brent was, in, in case you didn't pick up on it uh, yet, which I'm sure he did, but Brent, you know, is, is an addict and, and, and in long-term recovery, I guess is what you would call it, right? Yeah, yep. An addict in long-term recovery with over two years. Well, three years now. Three years? Okay. Three years, February 27th. Three years was, so February 27th was his third year uh, sober date. So you've been sober for three years. What was your... Uh, so let's get into 
it a little bit. Make sure you talk loud enough for this to hear you. Um, what was your uh, poison? Heroin. Um, but the thing is, Mike, I suffer from the disease of addiction. In my brain, as an addict, it doesn't differentiate between happy chemicals. And as an addict, and many, I don't know if anybody listening struggles with addiction, I'm, I'm statistically speaking, one of you does, and knows, and definitely statistically speaking, one of you knows someone. Definitely who does. do. We got a couple thousand people listening a day, so you probably got a good group of people listening to you right now, Brett. And the thing is, uh, as an addict, your brain doesn't differentiate between those happy chemicals. And I also suffer from the disease of more. And I still have to keep myself in check. Uh, I'm, I've been abstinent from drugs for over three years, but my brain automatically wants me to revolt back to what makes me happy and what makes me comfortable. But ultimately, I had to make a decision to elude that way of thinking because to get into recovery, it was unknown to me, it was not comfortable to me, and it was very unfamiliar to me. I spent, you know, since I was 13 years old till I was 23, and I'm 26 years old now, um, you know, suffering from this disease of addiction, and that was just my familiar misery, and yeah, no, it's... Nice. Well, not nice, but no. it's, it's nice where you are now. You know, the reason... So, one thing that popped out in my head as you were talking was, you know, going back to, you know, the disease of more and all that, what was there, was there one specific event where you're like, ah, shit, I gotta get clean, like, now, or was it a series of events, was this, uh, you know, basically, was there, like, a come-to-Jesus moment, like, was where something really bad happened, you're like, yeah, I need to make a change now? It was more of like a compilation of events, but here's the thing, and those of you that might be struggling out there, you don't have to let it get as bad as I did, and your bottom is where you where you want to stop digging. Uh, I do remember... I like that. Did you guys hear that? Your yes. bottom... I almost missed that for a second. Your bottom is where you want to stop digging. That's that's fire, dude. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. No, it's very important that like that that, that'll resonate with people even that don't suffer with addiction because you may be struggling with a relationship and you may be struggling with um, you know a job that you hate or uh, you know a certain situation you're in. Your bottom's wherever you want to stop digging. But I do remember specifically um, in December of twenty. Uh, or excuse me, December of 2019, uh, that I had, and I, and I've never spoken really publicly outside of the rooms that where I'm anonymous in about this very, you know, particular situation, but I remember, um, you know, attempting to intentionally overdose and attempting, uh, to commit suicide. And this was the, you know, this is one of many instances, but I, I, I'd made it into like a formidable thought and I've written, I've written a letter to my family and my friends and my parents and things like that. And, um, I tried to go through with it. Um, uh, it was in a barn on my uh, father's property. And I remember um, waking up with my ears ringing, and have and it was December, and it was snow, snowing outside. It was right around Christmas, and crawling back to my dad's house. Like so, you followed through on the attempt. Yes. It just didn't happen. It just did not happen. Thank the, God, huh? The, the beam broke, 
and uh, yeah, uh, and I'm still here. But here's 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 the here's the messed up thing about it is I still went on to use. Crazy. I still went on to use another two and a half months. Um, I was running from the police. I was evading warrants, uh, which is crazy to me because I lived in a town of 600 people and they still couldn't find me. But uh, you know, I I wasn't meant for jail at that Slippery moment. Slippery little bugger. Yeah. Uh, the thing is. There's not one. Uh, there's not just one event. Um, it was more of a compilation of events, and I, like I said, your bottom's wherever you want to stop digging. And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, yeah. Uh, enough was enough, and I had to stop. I got you. Okay. Um, so it was a you know a culmination of a bunch of different events, but that you know obviously that attempt on your life probably you know stands out majorly. And, and looking back at your story. Um, that's that's good stuff, man. What would you give? Now, I think you know, we definitely have some people that might be in active addiction that are listening. Some people that might be in, you know, recovery, or some people that have never been necessarily addicted. Um, which I believe everybody's an addict to something, but you know, addicted to substances, drugs, or alcohol. What their family members or friends are. What advice? would you give to somebody whose loved one is struggling with addiction? What would you give to the people looking from the outside in? So, if it... I may not be able to say this this eloquently this morning, but you, as a person, cannot control other people's actions. And in recovery, uh, there are, you know, not just an addiction recovery, there are other support groups... Uh, for people with loved ones in addiction, uh, and you can uh, you know reach out to those groups, uh, whether it's parents of addicts, you know sisters, brothers, mothers, you know fathers of addicts, whatever it is, there are support groups out there. But you have to understand, and I've come to understand even with this length of clean time, that I can't make a decision for someone. They have to come to that realization. All you can do is pray for them, be supportive of them. There are people in my life that wrote me off, and there are people in my life that supported me no matter what, no matter how far down the path I'd gone. Now, did they support me from an arm's length? Yes. Do I blame them for that? No. That was my behavior, and I would, you know, if I was in their position, I don't know if I would have given up on me either, but there are those people out there. You just can't give up on them. You can't stop praying for them. You can't stop supporting them lead them to someone who's in recovery and it takes a toll on you like an addiction takes a toll on the family just as much as it does on the addict so get yourself help because it it, it can't you can't it's not you're not equipped to deal with that on your own addicts don't get clean alone and uh, you're a part of that process Uh, we always say in the program that you know we came to realize this together and we do recover it's not I do recover it's a it's a community Sure. Good stuff, man. So just summarizing what I heard, you know, number one, understanding that you can't make the decision for them. That's a decision that they have to make themselves. Uh, And number two, finding support, you know, that just like an addict needs a support group, the the people trying to support the addict and help them get into recovery also need support as well. You can't do it on your own. You know, I never really even thought about that. Uh, So good stuff, Brent. So, you know, now that we're now that you're three years clean, we got a toll coming up. Now that we're three years clean, you know, do you still struggle with impulses and urges to use? 
And if so, how often? So I, uh, I, I talk about this uh, frequently to other addicts in recovery and friends, colleagues. Uh, I, I do not have the obsession to use. Now, Like the disease of addiction is like it's both a like a, a physical one and a mental one. And what I will tell you that addicts in early recovery for the first year, the compulsion to use, you know, some people have the compulsion to use after 15 years. Me, God has granted me that 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 He has relieved me of that compulsion. I hardly ever. Uh, it's very far and few between times that I ever feel the need to use or the drugs are the option. Um, the one thing I will say I struggle with is like, uh, like deep, deep, like, uh, manic depression thoughts, but the sure. compulsion, uh, to use drugs and alcohol, uh, is virtually non-existent for me. Um, not that I'm like, it, it's just, I, I'm you gotta keep, you gotta compulsed. be aware of it, yes. but you, you yeah. you're not struggling with it maybe as, uh, seriously as others do, you know, with active feelings of needing or wanting to use. We're about to pay a toll. Hold on, everybody. We're being good citizens. Good morning. Yeah, you too. Have a wonderful day. Did she call you baby? Yes, she did. Hell yeah. Let's go. (laughs) She said, how you doing, baby? (laughs) She saw Brent pull up in the Beamer. Game over. Toll ladies in the bag. (laughs) All right. So, uh, good good stuff um so you know let's kind of move away from the they will actually i have one last question if you if if you were sitting down in a room or just imagine here you've got a couple people that are in active addiction right now whether it's something like sex and pornography drugs alcohol whatever it may be if you could give them one not three not four just one piece of advice What's the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody struggling in active addiction? I will just, uh, I'll answer it in one way, but I live my life by three basic principles, and uh, that's honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Um, You have to be honest with yourself and you have to realize that the fun's over. The fun, if you come, if you've come to the point where you think you have a problem, the fun is over. And if, you know, I, there's this, uh, I always tell people, uh, so my one friend, he came to me and he said, hey, I have a, you know, somebody told me I had a drinking problem. I said, well, was it one person that told you had a drinking problem? And uh, he's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. If one person tells you have a tail, they're probably, you know, full of shit. If two people tell you that you have a tail, uh, you know, they're ganging up on you. But if three people tell you that you have a tail, you better turn the fuck I was around. Gonna say, you might want to check your ass. Yeah, you, you better want to turn the fuck around and look. And the fun's over. The fun's been over for a long time. Uh, I will tell you that, that that comfortability that you feel with drugs and alcohol... It, it, it's it's a comfortable complacency that will ultimately lead to your death. Um, addiction is a disease that you know is fatal. It, it is fatal. It's much slower. We don't think of it as like we don't think of it as you know cancer or um, you know heart disease. 
but it, it, it's a type of insanity that will not just spread through your life, but throughout the, your loved one's life. Uh, but I will tell you to get honest with yourself uh, and, and to seek help. And if you want to seek treatment, seek long-term treatment. Statistically speaking, if an addict um, you know, goes to rehab for 14 days, their, their chances aren't very high of you know, seeking or you know, having success in recovery. If they go for 30 days, it's a little bit longer. If they go for 60 days, their chances... You gotta, I put in my life the, every... Like I looked at it as like a math equation. I wanted to put every wall and roadblock between me and drugs and alcohol that I could. So I would, I would, I would definitely advise them to do that. Just be honest, open-minded, and nice. willing to change. Good stuff, man. Love that. Put the put as many roadblocks. You know, one big thing is I can remember when I was talking to a mentor of mine. This was years ago when I was a young, young, young buck. And uh, one of the things I was talking about was faithfulness in, in a relationship. And I said, listen, you know, I something I struggle with is, is being faithful, you know, back when I was in my early 20s, 21, 22, 23 years old, you know, it's like, when I'm with women, I, you know, when I'm, when I, when I'm in a relationship, historically, I don't have a good track record of, of being especially faithful, and, uh, you know, one of the best pieces of advice he gave me was, don't put yourself in a situation, he's like, you know, if I'm on a diet, I'm very, and, and he was, he's a very disciplined, is, he's a very disciplined person, he's like, if I'm on a diet, I'm not going to keep ice cream in the house. That was his poison. He's like, if I keep ice cream in the house when I'm on a diet, the first time I open the freezer, I might not go for it. The second time, I might not go for it. But but by the third time, I'm going to smash that whole gallon of ice cream. So I think uh, an important important point here, part of what you said in putting roadblocks between yourself and the drugs is don't put yourself in that situation. Don't allow yourself to be in situations, scenarios, or especially around people that are going to influence you to do what you shouldn't be doing. So that's some that's some good stuff, Brent. What uh? So let's kind of transition now to the way that your life is now. You know what 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 are some of the more uh, what differences in your life right now uh, are most drastic compared to three four years ago? One thing that stands out to me um, is um, my dad answers my phone calls. Wow. That's, what do you mean by that? I mean, obviously, your dad answers yeah. your calls, but... Okay. So, in my addiction, um, my my uh, my parents went up when I was, like, four years old, and uh, throughout... Your phone. Oh, okay. geez, just want to look at the GPS. Go ahead. Yeah. And throughout my, you know, my addiction, I put my dad through a lot and uh, he uh, there have been times where he had said you know certain things to me in my addiction that you know that you never want to hear as a son and you know like and, and I remember vividly him telling me to like stop calling me I don't want to talk to you anymore um, you know, damn that's rough it, it, and it's what I needed to hear but it, and he did it because I put him through so much but he's also been my you know biggest supporter and cheerleader uh throughout this uh and people people trust me like if if people can count on me uh today like if you if you ask me to do something it, it, it gets done and I, the only thing i have in this world is my word and my integrity and i put that above all um like you <laughs> you asked me to bring you to the airport and 
Uh, for and you a, almost missed it. Yeah, I had yeah. A, I, had a, I was calling your girlfriend. Well, here's the thing. I showed up with one minute to spare you now. You did. You did. Uh, you made it. Yeah. And, and before, uh, and, you know, people, I couldn't be counted on, but people trust me. Uh, people ask me for advice. Uh, and I, I, I keep myself in check. I, I go to my meetings and things like that because I can't pour from an empty glass and neither can you guys. So Nice. Good advice, man. Uh, so you're constantly filling yourself up, you know what I mean? Going to the meetings, reading the books. I see you, you know, you're working hard. You're in the office every time I drop in and uh, proud of you, man. So, I mean, that's that's cool. Dad picks up the phone now. I think the coolest thing is that, you know, people, I mean, that's the coolest thing. But another cool thing you said is that uh, people rely on you and depend on you, dude. That's, that's sweet. That's probably a really good feeling looking back in the past couple of years. Um, where are you at? in terms of, you know, just financial success, you know, like compared to where you were a couple years ago? Uh, to put it into perspective, uh, when, and I, and I wrote this to you in a Christmas card, mm -hmm. uh, and it was the only time I had ever lied to you, um, other than what I told you, know, I'll tell you, hey, I'll be there in five minutes, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, uh, I, I started at, uh, at the insurance company. I was I was I was literally on a borrowed computer at a friend's home. Uh, in the top half of my body, I had a suit, and I don't know if you remember. On the bottom half of my body, I had swimming trunks and sneakers on. And I started with I and this number always sticks out to me. I was doing construction. I had thirty-seven dollars in my pocket. I had thirty-seven dollars to my name and a half a pack of Newport cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, I remember my dad, who I like, who I had said before, was you know my, my biggest support system, and he had told me that month, like, hey, I, 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 you have to do this on your own. I can no longer help you with rent at the recovery house. You have to figure it out on your own. And in that interview, you had asked me, do you have, and after seeing the overview and doing the interview with you, and you would ask, and, and all the promises this company Provide, provided me, and you would ask me, "Do you have enough? Uh, do you have the money for your state exam or your uh, Excel courses, uh, your your pre-state exam courses?" And I said, uh, "And that was the only time I ever lied to you." And I looked you in the eye and I said, "Yes." And you did. I did not. And you. Um, and just you so you guys know, he's talking about he was in the he is in the life insurance game. Uh, he was he had to pay for so you have to pay for a, a 52 credit hour course and then a state exam So that's what he's talking about affording right now, but go ahead and uh, You uh, knowing the situation that I was in um, Had paid for my course um, you, you you had taken a chance on me and you had paid for that course uh, for me and uh, that invest that that investment that you made on my behalf um has a, you know there, there's no investment out there uh, that, that, that they can have a return no, on your get money a return like that. like that no no um, I remember my first my first year in business I had made uh, close to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's crazy so you went from not having thirty seven dollar just having thirty seven dollars and not being able to afford a hundred fifty dollar course to making 150 G's in the, the attic that I am, I took as soon as you hired me, I took that thirty-seven dollars and I spent it at Red Lobster. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. That's yeah, good. I had spent it at Red Lobster. Yeah, well deserved, man. You've come a long way. But uh, I, 
guess one of the, the last questions here, I usually keep these 20, 30 minutes, we can go a little longer today, but one of the last questions I have are, you know, who are some people that you look up to and, and, and admire and respect and why? Um, you, obviously. Uh, you are my You don't have to just say uh, me. I, I, I know, I know. It's, it's obvious. It's obvious. Um, my, my father, I, I, I really do. Uh, he... He instilled for me at a young age uh, that your integrity is all that you have in this world, um, and, and and he had taught me that from a very young age. Uh, my grandfather, who's passed, um, he he died one uh, I believe it was last two Novembers. It was two Novembers ago, and I remember uh, being on a work call and you telling me, "Listen, man, you don't got to be on this call today. Your grandfather died." But uh, yeah, no, my my father and my grandfather. Um, and uh, a lot of people in the program that, you know, obviously I'm not going to name them, it's anonymous, but, uh, yeah, no, they, they really, all the, you know, addicts that have one day inspire me, and and I get to see them, you know, in in my meetings, because uh, one day, you know, all we, me, the difference, here's the thing between me and someone who's just about to quit or who's just quit, the only thing we have is today. And, and that's right. how I live my life. The only thing we have is today. Um, but yeah, definitely my father. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff, Brent. Well, thank you for uh, taking me to the airport. Thanks for hopping on the podcast, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's Like I said, I did one with my wife before, but uh, I don't know if that one really counts as a guest because she's my wife. She's attached to me. So, Brent, you're like my first official first official guest, man. So, um proud of you man how far you've come like i said at the beginning and excited to see what you're going to continue to do with your life man so appreciate all of you thank you for tuning in uh and i love you guys let's get it today peace